This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. Back again, Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. This is episode 26. And tonight I have somebody who not only does not drive a minivan, he's not a dad yet. It, we have, you know, first time back on the show in six months. We have, from the outer drive, we have Fletcher from Detroit. He's back with us again. And and how you doing, Fletch? It's been, it's been six months, like I said. So we've had a whole soccer season. So we probably have a thing or two to talk about tonight. I'm a cat dad. So like maybe not a human dad, but I have two cats and a gecko. So in a way, I am a dad of something. Well, okay. It's just, okay. It just can't talk to me. So it just, you know. There, and I can tell you there are days as a dad that would be preferable to some of the things my kids do say. So this, that, this, that. I've been a cat dad, and sometimes it's fun, and other days you're just like, oh, I still have you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But love my time as a cat dad, but we have people in the house who are allergic to cats, so we don't have cats anymore. So, Fair. so last we spoke was the end of April. Seasons were ramping up, had a new team in, in Lansing. Had the Michigan Bucks turning into the Lansing Bucks and going out outdoors. Detroit City was getting ready for their summer. And here we are six months later, and the landscape in Michigan soccer has changed a little bit, we'll just say. We'll start there, because, I mean, you're the Michigan guy, you're the reporter. So catch us up on what's all happened. I mean, most of the people who listen probably already know most of the stuff that happened. But let's start with the, probably the biggest one, and that's that's the, the Lansing Ignite. Semifinalists in USL League One, first season, and they're already gone. Yeah, um, some of my friends and some of my insiders I had within the Lansing United <clears throat> scene kind of kept tabs on Lansing United for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really fond of how they formed as a team. So as a result, I kind of didn't really follow them. I wasn't paid to follow them. So I have enough on my docket as it is. If you're not giving me money to do something about it, I, I don't really care. And I know like that... As a soccer writer and a soccer player and a soccer person, I should care, but I didn't. Um, when they lost, I was like, cool, all right. And when they won, I was like, well, whatever. Um, but I, I am familiar with what happened, um, for those who know and for those who do not know. Um, they were having issues keeping their – getting their, their gate. Save for, like, maybe a few teams, uh, they were just sorely under their, their goal for their gate for the season. They were trying to average about 4,000 fans a game. Did not come close. Um, and the owner of the team was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I have a, I have a minor league softball team, a minor league baseball team here. I'm good. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. So all that hard work they did to sandbag another team in the area, another successful team in Lansing United, uh, to make this team that only stood around for one year. It was all for naught. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for some of the fans, but you know, I, I really don't feel bad for the team and like, I feel weird saying that because normally when teams fold, especially in the very volatile U.S. soccer scene, you you feel for them. You feel because you know they're trying to do something. Unless it's like Zanesville FC, former NPSL team. They were just weird. They did not understand how to run a team at all. Um, and like, yeah, we were kind of like, I hope they just fold so we don't have to watch them painfully play soccer because they don't know what they're doing at all. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad because you don't want people to fold because people are losing jobs. People are, you know, players who have contracts to play 
two or three year contracts and are now null and void. Um, some players took chances playing here. I know Rafa Menzingen uh, used to play for Lansing United, played for Detroit City FC for a little bit. Um, got drafted by the Columbus crew. And the crew and him worked on a deal because Lansing and Knight signed, signed him first. They're like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna put you on loan, but we'll keep you in our mind. And you play for Lansing, and after the season's done with Lansing, we'll bring you in for the next season for, for training camp. And I'm, like, worried that, like, if this messed with his chance to play for them, like, I'll never forgive them because Rafa's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Really great player, but also a much better guy. Super nice, does work with the kids in the area. Uh, just a really great guy. So, like, if this has messed up his chance to go play in the MLS, regardless of how I feel with the MLS, I'm not going to – that's going to be horrible. Because they're, they're, at this point, they're actually taking chances away from players. So, and I, and I, if I recall correctly, um, Lansing United, Lansing Ignite was like where the fire dis- put their uh, their loanies went out to went to Lansing. They either went to Lansing or they went down to to Indy. And um, I'm trying to remember, they had a couple come in and they and they were good for Lansing. But again, so it basically it's not the it's not the it wasn't, you know, because there were people like, "Oh, look at USL; they're not doing their homework on the on their owners." It's it was not the the guy, fact that the guy had didn't have the money or couldn't afford what no, he, he was just, doing. He just he didn't just like, want to spend it. Right. He he probably could have kept them going if he really wanted to, maybe for for me for like another year. But he was like, I expected a bigger gate. Um, I figured that it would not be a plus every the first year, but I figured it'd be closer to being plus than it is, and it's not. And even though we have a team in the semifinals of the league, it's the gate is still not great. Um, I'm good. I'll put it to you like this. Um, for those who are like, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, come, people coming to watch. You have two semi-professional teams, one at the time semi-professional, not professional, two semi-professional teams in the state who have a higher gate than you do. With sure. fans who come from further away. Detroit City and Flint City Bucks. That's not good. That's very bad. You're supposed to have the higher quality players, and yet... People are driving past uh, from Lansing to to, to Hamtramck or from Bad Axe or whatever to Flint City instead of going to your games. Well, and I I don't know if – do you think it's a cost thing or do you think it was the fact that it was played in a baseball stadium and it it wasn't as appealing to go watch as some – you know? I think it's a a mixture of a lot of things. I don't think the cost of the tickets were that was that much more than Detroit City's or Flint's. I don't know the cost offhand. But I know that I'm pretty certain the cost was not really like an issue so much. Um, I think it was more the fact that they were in a college town. Um, and well, that uh, won't and that definitely won't work in your favor, cons- considering you're a summer league. So yeah, right. I know Ann Arbor struggled with uh, Ann Arbor's uh, attendance kind of went down a bit during this part of the summer because they're in a college town as well. University of Michigan's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lansing, East Lansing has Michigan State. So people's interest is kind of divided. If, if they're in the city, sure, it doesn't, they'll do something. But like, if they're not, then what are you going to do to attract those people who maybe might frequent Lansing, but maybe don't live in Lansing to come watch your games? And I don't really know what Ignite did, but uh, clearly it wasn't enough because obviously their gate was still very poor. Uh, by their own standards, so and, and I went and I went down and I I while we were you were kind of giving the overview of everything I went I did go look at Mike Pendleton if you and anybody who listens if you ever want to know attendance in 
in U.S. soccer, Mike Pendleton's probably as good as there are, good as there is. The only team that was in the in USL that was above four thousand was was Ford Madison. Go figure. And, and that's the only, because they they do amazing things social media wise to get people to come to their games. I sure. Don't, I don't know if they're like the best team. I think they they were kind of all right from what I remember seeing about them. But they, like they do what they can to reach out to people. Same with like Oakland Roots, which is like NISA. It's different league entirely. But like Oakland Roots. They do so much. They do so much to like attract attention to their team. I did not realize that they had only won one game, and it was very recent, like last weekend. I had no idea that they were struggling in the, on the field because they do so much to get people to come, anyways. And I'm like, that's amazing. People come and people come and watch this team lose four straight games, but yet they still draw six thousand people each game. That's kind of crazy. Well, and and you get and you do and you get to see that firsthand. Um, in with Detroit City, that again, social media—they're all over it. They reach out. I mean, they've they've b- become a piece of the community, and I think people go. You know, when you're a part of the when you feel like you're a part of something, you're gonna go. I, you know, and we can look at another one, which is so which wins the social media wars with Minneapolis City, and the same same thing. They they just reach out to everybody. They they try different things. And each year they get a little bit bigger, and I, you know, and I can speak firsthand, like from Minneapolis City. I bought, I have uh, two nephews, one's fifteen and one's sixteen. And what do you, you know, for me, I'm like, well, what do I buy you guys anymore? You guys can get, you know, most more or less what you guys need, other than gift cards. So I each, I got them each a, uh, a voting membership for Minneapolis City. They both live in the Twin Cities metro, and I'm like. I've been buying them T-shirts and stuff for Minneapolis City for the last couple of years. I'm like, you know what? Let's just get you guys a membership, and we'll call it that for your for Christmas, your birthday, so on and so forth. Well, the first game they went with the entire family, but thereafter, the older one, the 16 year old, has driver's license. They'd all meet at one of my brother's houses, the one closer to the stadium, and the two of them would go to the games by themselves. And it just now they feel like they're a part of something. So, you know, it's just like they reach out to each fan individually and say, "Hey, come join us." You know, Detroit City has is great at that. You said Oakland Roots is really good at that. Um, for Madison, I mean, their the I their intern or whoever runs their social media never takes a break and is always on top of it, and it's fun. It's not. They might tease other teams, but it's never demeaning. It's just it's fun, and yeah, and that just seems like that's the and that's the positive attitude and the fact that they. We're very self-aware, you know, that the, you know, the big joke was the flamingos that were planted in Madison. So now that they adopted it and ran with it and then even did the pink jersey. And, you know, you mentioned the Oakland Roots and I mentioned Minneapolis City and we both mentioned for Madison. Uniforms matter, don't they, when you're when you want to make when you want to make a splash. Right. Like, again, to go back to Oakland Roots. Their uniforms and their logo are, like, amazing. Like, I, I, it actually makes me wish that I was from Oakland so, like, I could feel okay wearing that logo. Like, it's because it feels like a very Oakland-type thing. But, again, their uniforms and everything are so great. I didn't even notice that they had only had one point until, like, two weeks ago. Like, I, I thought they were, like, doing great. And then I looked up and saw, oh, they're at the bottom of the, of the table. No idea. But they're also drawing the most people. That's kind of crazy. Like, when they won their first game, I was like, why are they making such a big deal about them winning their first game? They won the first game a while ago, right? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. They tied that game. They lost the next two. 
Then they lost the next one. Then they tied and lost again. Oh, wow. Okay, I get it. Like, light bulb goes off. But I'm like, the, the fact that they did so well and people still want to come watch them play and people still feel a connection to that, that's great. That That's what you want in a team. And I'm not saying every single team needs to be like that, but, like, it's their first year with people who've maybe been involved in soccer but not to, like, the biggest degree. If they can do that in an independent league, what are you doing in USL League One and, like, unable to hold it together? With people who've run a team, literally the same people who run a team, the same the following year, the year before. Like, what what's wrong here? Why why are you off the rails now? If your gate was bad at Lansing United, we're making sure your gate is going to be better being professional with basically the same template. Like, that was my main thing, is what makes you think what you're doing now is different than what you were doing the year before. You just cut everyone else because you're a jerk and you didn't warn anybody. And now they're all without jobs. And you now are also without a job, too. So it was all for naught. You basically took one year cash grab to do something for yourself. And now it didn't work out for anyone else. And now people are mad at you and you're trying to be defensive about it. Like, I don't understand that. Like, if I make a mistake, you can ask my girlfriend and anyone else. If I make a big mistake that's big enough, yeah, I'm mad at myself. I don't I don't need to be understanding why you guys are mad at me. I get it entirely. I 100% understand. I made a mistake. I messed up. It's on me. He's like, well, yeah, I feel deflated, but also, like, it's not necessarily all my fault. Kind of is, big dog. Like, it literally falls on your shoulders. But keep deflecting, I guess. I'll see how far that gets you as another job. All right. So, <laughs> so we beat Lansing into the ground pretty well. Um, the the Flint, we we I think we've addressed Flint. So let's. So we've got Detroit City. Currently, what are they? They're wrapping up their season with. Um, they just they just wrapped it up they, with uh, the MPSL they, Members Cup, whatever that is. They they won they won the Members Cup. Uh, actually had their first loss in about twenty twenty one games to with their reserves to Milwaukee Torrent, um, which I think is still surprising because I don't think Milwaukee is good. I think Milwaukee's an okay team. I think they're very scrappy. I think they'll actually fight you on the field rather than play soccer if they really want to. Um, and as as Detroit's gotten better. Um, I can say this, and I don't really care who hears it. As they've gotten better, they've become more of a finesse team. Back when Detroit first started out, they were more of like a punch you in the mouth, kick the ball down the field, like hoof it down the field, long ball style, and like, you know, rabble, rabble, rabble. But as they've gotten better players and more skillful players, they don't really like being hit as much. Um, Go figure. Uh, As they've gotten better, they're kind of like, I don't like when people get into me and uh, foul me hard. It makes me upset. I'll foul them back. And it gets them thrown off their game a little bit. And Milwaukee's played them twice. Uh, they beat Milwaukee for the first time on an own goal. And they lost this time on a one goal. And both those games are super physical. 100% physical. Um, and I think Detroit struggles with teams like that. And going forward, I wonder how they're going to handle uh, teams that are physical in that, na- in that nature. Because uh, you can't just outstyle everybody. But uh, I'm happy to see that they're actually... I was very skeptical about this move to go pro. They're going to sign some newer players, um, keep some other players who are professional, have some professional status. I was worrying how that's going to go, maybe towards like the fan base, et cetera, because I know a lot of those people that got, you know, that they let go of in ceremonies mm-hmm. for ceremonies and such were like big fan favorites who just could not hack it at the professional level. Um, so I was kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, 
Like, how is this going to go over? And uh, swimmingly was the answer. Um, they had a pretty good NPSL season. They lost to Cleveland uh, in the regional finals on penalty kicks. Uh, they rebounded nice in the Members' Cup. Uh, yeah, they 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 made the transition really well. Um, I'm kind of excited for them going forward because I know that everyone who works in the organization, players, staff, uh, water people, whatever, like I know they really are all hump- busting their hump to get this team to be as best as they can every single day. So I'm I'm happy for them. That's so, they've earned all the praise that they get. Okay, and and I and from you know watching them from afar, I I don't disagree with that at all. They, I, like I said, I feel like they're one that does it right. They're they they don't they're self aware. They try. I feel like when when I see things with Detroit City, as insufferable as some of their fans are, and it's just because they feel like they're doing everything the right way, and I I can't fault that. I feel like there's a bigger picture that they see themselves from a community perspective, and and I admire that. Like they are, they are as much about Detroit as anything else. It's it's about building soccer in Detroit. As much as it's about building Detroit City. They want everybody to be involved as much as they can. And like I said, you know, they, they it's like everything is about the community to me and that. And like I said, I took that as a positive. So so they win the Members Cup, but yet they're not hanging around. Um, they headed over to to Nisa and you think it was the think, worst kept secret ever. Well, it's it, it is the it, worst kept secret ever like they. They're like, oh, we don't know where we're going to be next season. And then they're like, oh, we have a friendly against Philadelphia Fury. And Nisa's like, yep, our big showcase is between the Philadelphia Fury of Nisa and Detroit City, who don't know where they're going to be next year. Wink, wink. So do, like, you, do you... Oh, cool. Was that was that a good move, do you think, for Detroit City overall? Um, if they're ready to expand, yes, I do. Um, they really don't have much left to prove the NPSL. They don't have a championship, obviously. Um, but like they've gotten very close multiple times. Um, their play, their players have gotten better. Um, and I think they, I think they just want to be one of the professional teams in the MPSL, like crushing people like Miami or FC Motown or New York Cosmos. I think they wanted to like, kind of take a step forward and become a full fledged professional team to play actual like games against some teams that they're not going to blow out nine, nothing. Um, and if they're ready for the step, I think it's a good move. I really do. Um, I don't really know what else they have left to gain by staying in NPSL. Um, if they have a down year in the NPSL, the players that they have now, it's going to look very bad. Sure, um, and and then I'm looking I'm looking at at the MP, at NPSL right now. So once um, Chattanooga and Detroit leave, you're down to basically Cosmos and friends again. And honestly, the Cosmos are trying to force their way into Nisa too. Might not work. Um, well. Do you, do you, what about what about Milwaukee, Napa Valley, and Michigan Stars from there? Do, do any the of them stay? Stars are going to Nisa. They're going to go as well. Yes. Okay. Um, they uh, they're kind of becoming the Manchester City to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to say Detroit is United, then Stars are being City, but they're like not being a very good version of Manchester City because the Stars are like not good. They have an owner who wants to spend money because um, he thinks he can be a professional team. Uh, because he thinks he can just have one because his because uh, his uh, you know the coach's son played for Grasshopper Zurich, okay, um, which, out in Sweden. I mean, it's not Sweden, not, not in Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland, and he yeah. came back. 
uh, and played for Detroit City for a few games, but could not be guaranteed his traditional role that he wants. Mm-hmm. So he went to the Stars instead, and now he plays for them. Um, the Stars have some quality players. Like I mentioned, Steven Junkai, who played for a Grasshopper Zurich. Quality player. Not mm-hmm. a bad guy. Dante Greer, their forward, uh, really quick on the ball. Uh, when he gets a sh- when he gets a shot in front of the net, he usually doesn't miss it. His problem is getting shots off. Their goalie, uh, Tatenda Makruva, uh, played for Zimbabwe in the Africa Cup of Nations. So, like, he's really good. He's probably their best overall player. The problem is his defense is atrocious, so his goals on average look not great because, you know, he can't really stop every single shot. Um, <laughs> I was hoping the Stars wouldn't go pro because I wanted someone to sign him and make him a professional player because I feel like he deserves it. So when the Stars announced they are going pro, I'm like, he's definitely staying. Um, and I kind of, you kind of could tell they were going to go pro as well because they started signing a few players that were like, had professional experience. And I'm like, no one's going to come to Dearborn uh, to play for this bad team if they're not getting paid money. Because um, there's no point. There's no career move that's, that's positive for you. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Milwaukee should not go to Nisa. They will nope. not be good for that. They should not go to Nisa. Napa Valley should stay in the NPSL because they're not good. No, I, I no, they aren't. But it, I'm I'm looking at it, these these teams that want to go professional. So you don't think Milwaukee's ready to make that step yet? Is what you're saying? I, their owner needs to figure out how he can go a season without getting suspended from stadiums first before they think about going pro. Um, There's that. Um, but their team just their their team fights people, and like you can't. Be a professional team that's like known as like a brawling team. Like that's okay for the like semi-professional, whatever. But you can't be a professional team that's like cool. We're gonna fight now because we just want to hack. We don't know how to play soccer. We're gonna hack you until you give up the ball. You can't do that. That's not. That's not how that works. I will say earlier in the year they had a player who against Detroit City used a racial slur, and uh, they handled it very pot. They handled it very well. Milwaukee did. They the. Owner came down and apologized immediately. That player was removed from the team almost immediately. They handled that very, very well. Um, the only way they could handle it better is by not having someone who was racist on the team. But, you know, you can't really tell that about people when you sign them. Um, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Just there. But aside from that, they're, they're, it's disarray. It's not – they took the entire NPSL season off mm-hmm. to play in the Members' Cup. Sure. put out that performance. And that's really weird for me. And they were mid, and they it, were what middle of the pack. They were no bottom of the table, weren't they? Yeah, they were four, close to four, it. six. So Napa Valley, four or six. So yeah. But like, and then you, Michigan. If you if you take but, a year off to make changes for this tournament, and you still are piss poor, maybe it's not for you right now. And, I mean, and, and that's and that's fair. I mean, that that, that is absolutely fair. Um, so really, I'm look I'm looking at the at the Founders Cup right now, and so Detroit City and Chattanooga they're both going to Nisa, and you said Michigan's going to go, Michigan Stars are going to go to Nisa, so that leaves the Cosmos, the Torrent, and Napa Valley. I think the Cosmos are going to try to get out of the NPSL. I don't think they can go back to the NPSL. I, uh, the way their team is built, I think it looked really bad if they go back to the NPSL, and I, I think the owner does not want to stay in the NPSL. I think he wants to try to find somewhere. Um, I think if he goes to Nisa and, you know, the soccer federation is not clamped down on Nisa for helping the Cosmos, I think it'll work out for them. Otherwise, I don't know where they're going to go, but I don't think they're going back to the NPSL. I think Napa Valley definitely should because, uh, back, back just to the regular semi-pro NPSL, not the, 
Because, I mean, it, it sounds like the Founders Cup was their attempt to make a pro league, and it's just that's just not going to happen. It sounds yeah, like Nisa... It was, what, what happened was, from my understanding, was Detroit was going to try to go to Nisa, so was Chattanooga originally. In the beginning, we were going to try to go to Nisa and do mm-hmm. that. Back when Peter Wilt and that other guy ran it. Then the other guy died, and Peter Wilt kind of was kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it was caught kind of in limbo. So they're like, we'll just make the member, the, we'll make the Founders Cup, and we'll kind of work from there because we need something to be pro. And as the Founders Cup is, you know, getting ready to be made and go from there, a new guy jumped in for Nisa. It's like, hey, I have money. Let's do this. Let's actually get some media stuff going. Let's get all this stuff going now. So Detroit's like, oh man, we want to do that instead, but we're tied to this stupid tournament. So Miami, Miami FC, just fresh off their. Uh, NPSL championship, second one in a row. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, we're not doing this stupid tournament. We're going to Nisa. We're not we're not doing it. <laughs> Oakland Roots is like, hey, we know we promised to be in the Members Cup. We're not doing that either. We're going to go to Nisa. We're good. So people start peeling away, and they're like, you know what? That's why they changed it from the Founders Cup to the Members Cup, because all the founders who were a part of it, say for like Detroit and Chattanooga and the Cosmos, dropped out. We're like, we don't. Sure. We'll just go play in Nisa. We're fine. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you, you'd like to hope that they, they're both, that both leagues are, and unfortunately this is where ego to me seems to get in the way. This is where you're like, you two should be working together and yet ego is going to get in the way again. You know, it seems like it's gotten in the way. Nisa, while doesn't need the cosmos, needs the cosmos, especially when you get the press of, you know, you're, you mentioned Philadelphia Fury who, who are already gone i mean yeah you need some stability and, and as much of a as of a douche as rocco is rocco's got the money to do it and i think the cosmos would probably benefit that league and that league would benefit the cosmos because i'm getting i i want to like the cosmos no i don't i really don't want to like the cosmos but i want them to be something other than new york cosmos and friends which is all they've yeah which is all they've really been. And they should have been, in, I mean, I, and maybe I'm wrong on this, Fletch, but I, I, I think they should have been, screw NY, New York City FC. It should have been the Cosmos in MLS. It would have been awesome in the sense of the rivalry with Red Bulls, just the whole Cosmos against the world. They would have been the Black Hats. Everybody would have loved it. But they decided that they needed, I, and I, I don't even know the details on it, but it's one of those you're like, that should have ha- happened, and it didn't. And now you're sitting there going, now they're toiling around with Nisa and the NPSL when they tried to go head-to-head with them with the NASL, and it, that didn't ha- with MLS with NASL, and that didn't happen, obviously. The Cosmos should be a part of MLS. I mean, if, if, you, wanna, if you consider them soccer, U.S. soccer royalty, and... I don't know if I do or I don't, but I feel like MLS would have been better with them in it versus what, you know, what ultimately happened with NYCFC, you know, playing at Yankee Stadium for the next 5,000 years and even tonight playing at, at City Field because Yankee Stadium was supposed to be getting ready for the World Series. Oops, that didn't happen either. So, yeah. And then did you did you get to did you, get, you know you had a game tonight so you didn't get a chance to check out any of that game? Um, uh, they had it on at the field house, but I wasn't really paying attention. I don't. Well, the, the only thing I was going to make a point of is it seemed like sit that City Field actually sets up for soccer better than Yankee Stadium, 
except that they have the netting that goes all the way down the baselines and they didn't take it down for this game. So you have the netting cutting across the, the camera angle for the entire game. It was spectacularly bad. But I guess a baseball stadium is what passes for a soccer stadium in New York City. So there's that. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, I like I said, I think the, I'd like to see Nisa and the Cosmos figure something out. Because with Philadelphia already falling out, having the Cosmos in and being the black hat will be, I think, would be a positive move for them. So. So Nisa Nisa's going Nisa's doing the your the traditional calendar fall spring correct? Yeah. So, so we get to watch Nisa through the winter on my Cujo or Cuju or whatever it is. And yeah, that's one of the things I really worried about is having a a home game in Detroit in like November is going to be really bad. It's going to be not. <laughs> For those who are like not in the Midwest, really coming here to play a game in November or December outdoors is, at Keyworth is going to be not fun. Because um, unlike Miami or like you know another Oakland or you know even Chattanooga, teams, yeah. it snows fiercely, um, and it's going to be not fun. Um, I feel like if the league is really serious about that, they're going to do whatever they can to give Detroit all their home games early. Knock that out of the way. So, like, when it comes winter time, they're not having people playing out in like ten degree weather. Cause, yeah, it's stupid. That's super stupid, and it's not going to lead itself to good sport. Cause uh, playing in ten degree weather, you're not. You don't want to move. No, no, I feel it's going to very much alter the way the game is played. Even if you're paying someone money for that, they're not going to want to go that hard into a ball. I can guarantee it. Snow on turf is, like, the worst thing to run on. So I I really hope that they do something to, to like, kind of limit the game Detroit will have, like, in weather like this. But also, if they don't, then, you know, <laughs> I don't really have a comeback to that. <laughs> no, and, and you can't. So, um, so what you're saying is, for all the flaws of MLS, and fair enough, and I'm sure they, they all get – go on soccer Twitter long enough, you'll find every one of them. The fact that they play a summer-only schedule, considering the the diversity of climate within the United States, you don't consider that a bad thing? Not necessarily, no. Um, because a lot of those play, like New England, New England winter is horrible. If you watch an NFL game and seen the Patriots play a game in like December or January, it is brutal. It is so so brutal. And while we enjoy watching these soccer games in Europe that play like in the snow or like in sleeting rain or whatever um it's, it's still it's still 35 it's still 40 50 degree usually 40 plus degrees when those happen right and they're and they're one offs and and everybody will say well look at the patriots or the bears or the packers people or the browns people show up that's the nfl you get eight games right. a year in, in, nfl is very much uh old boys club where like they'll find a way to get people to show up i'm not going to i'm i'll and I'm be as blunt as honest as possible, and I don't mean to sound mean to anyone who's a fan of the MLS or a fan of these teams about to mention. I'm not going to pay money to go to 15-degree weather and watch the Chicago Fire play a horrible nil-nil draw with the New England Revolution. I'm sorry. I I love myself too much to not do that. I, I'm it, not going to go to that game and do that and subject myself to that weather, whether it be in Chicago or whether it be 
in New England. That's horrible. <laughs> and if you really care about yourself, you would not do that either. But and, and I've been a fire season ticket holder since 2010, I guess. And that which ends this year, but that's a different story. Is I can remember it. I, the number of games when the weather does get like that, when the weather's brutally awful. I can I think back last season. Zlatan's for I want to say it was Zlatan's first appearance in Chicago. It was might have been April or May. It was the weather was maybe 40 degrees, but with the wind, it was 20 something. I was out with my my son's game and in the morning, and we had two kids crying, but for, whose parents forgot to bring gloves with them. And I'm like, I'm gonna go watch. It's even though it was Zlatan, it's like. I'm not going to go watch that game as appealing as it was. It just as a father and everything, even as, and I think if there was maybe a few thousand in the stadium, if that, it's just like, no. And, and you're right. When it gets that brutal for a mid for mid season game, like even, even watching it and like, I don't want to pull the whole Euro snap card, but like, if I'm going to watch uh, West Ham against, I don't know, Southampton, in like the snowy weather, while the teams aren't great, those are they have quality players, like players I actually would love to see. That sure. I know that this is one well, one off game in the snow will be fine, but like I don't really want to watch. I don't really want to watch MLS quality players hoof the ball up the field in the snow. That's not well, appealing uh, to me at all. Well, and no. I and I and I think it's and it's twofold. Is um when they get to those one off games in the in the snow in the sleet and whatever, the ground doesn't freeze at least of those fields. They have the heated coil. Those fields are fine to play on. And as a fan of somebody, uh, as a fan of teams in the lower leagues, it's kind of funny to to see games. Oh yeah, we're not playing today because the field's frozen. So they don't like, even play, they don't even. Play. It's rare enough where it's like, oh, oh, the field's frozen. Yeah, we're not playing today. Then that's that's fine. Like I am hundred percent like but, cool. But I don't want but, you to go risk your like risk your life and limb for a game that you're like it's 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 yeah it's semi professional so there's some seriousness to it. Sure. But also like if you can make it up later, please make it up later. I don't want to go out there and watch like you guys struggle around on a field where you can't even put your feet down. Like that's not. No one wants to see that. No one's gonna pay money to see that and be like walk away like cool. I saw something cool today. No. And it, no and it, no so. And and then you know the arguments. Well, you look at like Germany; they take off, you know, from Christmas to middle of January. Well, that's kind of what MLS does. They're done by December. They're back again. They, you know, camps start in February. By March, they're playing again. They just choose to instead of having a short winter break and a long summer, uh, a longer summer break, they just put it all together at, at, over the winter. So it. It isn't as diverse as everybody, or as bad as everyone says, but you know it's not the tr- quote-unquote traditional soccer calendar. So, a name you mentioned though earlier, I, I do want to move on to this this one because I think there's some good discussion to be had here. Is you mentioned Peter Wilt and what he did with for Madison and making him relevant, and I, if you're busy, those who were who were busy there didn't ch- catch it. He took a job basically with USL to help. From what it sounds, it's basically he's going to build the supporters' culture within the within the clubs in the league. Can you think of somebody better positioned for most of his career to do that than Peter Wilt? I mean, no, but also I, I'm trying to put this properly because he—I know he's a very 
important figure to Detroit, to mean to Michigan, not Michigan, but to all of like soccer in these in the country. Especially and especially, and let's face it, for what it is in the Midwest, he is he's a half step from God. I mean, in terms of building soccer in the Midwest. So I got a phrase I'm going to say very carefully. Um, yeah, can phrase, he stay, it how, phrase can he phrase stay it how somewhere? Like, does it not go somewhere? Can he just stay in one place for like more than two years, or does he have to like just keep moving from place to place? Like he reminds me of someone who has like ADHD, where it's like I have a plan here, I have a plan over here too, I have a plan over here too. It's like just formulate one or two plans, ride them all the way out, and then make your other plans. But like every time I hear him, it's like, he has, every time I hear his name, he has a new plan for something. I'm like well, I don't, I don't get how you formulate all these ideas and you open your mouth to put them out into the world and then yet you are off to the next idea next time we hear your name. Like stick to something, please. Because if you stick to something, the with the with the amount of, amount of weight behind your name and the soccer knowledge I know you have, and I know the the reach you have within your community, you could make something into something if you really wanted to stick with it. But like it seems like you're content to just spout out ideas. And hope someone sticks somewhere. Ford Madison, I thought was it. I thought he was like, you found your niche, you found a team, a professional to do something here, perfect. And now you're jumping from that to something else, which I I'm happy for you because you're making steps forward. But also like, man, where are you gonna be next year? I, you know, and and but I, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one, and I, is because the things that Peter Wilt did the longest, it seems like the, I, I agree. I thought Ford Madison was it. He's from Whitefish Bay. So, I mean, he's from the Milwaukee Metro to go out to Madison was a perfect fit for it. But I feel like with the success that Ford Madison had, the fact that it's, it hit that community and made a, it made a dent, you know, that like it's 4,000, 4,200 was their average for the season. I think they looked at it and said, what can he do with some of these other clubs? that are struggling down the way. I think Ford Madison's going to be fine. I think his ability now, it's kind of moved. It's kind of moved. Years ago, it was building teams. I mean, in terms of rosters as well, you look at what he did with building the fire, you know, when he was way back when you look at what he did with, um, got You know, what was, was he, he wasn't the right. He was, um, he was Minnesota. I think Minnesota thunder. He built them. It's just his ability is player. GMness is kind of gone, but the marketing and the building of clubs that way still is there, and that's why when when they made that when he made that move, I'm like for the league that's a brilliant move. That is the type of person, what he can bring in terms of that is absolutely amazing, and I think that's that's why I'm like I thought that was a great move for him. When but I watched what his his teams like the Indy Eleven on the field, they were okay. He left, they got better. For Madison, were they great? No, they were okay. They're a success off the field. That's why I'm like, maybe his expertise isn't so much on the field. It's now, and even hiring people for on the field, maybe it's now just being the marketing and building building an image type thing that I I hope the league uses him for. Because there's enough spots that could use him right now. That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I took that into consideration. Uh but like at the same time, I don't know. I just yes, it's good for the league. But like I, I think it would be cool if he stayed one place a bit longer. But I understand your point in terms of like the longer he stays, it kind of like mellows out his. Well, I was gonna say, I, and he, even that, I want to say he wears out his welcome. Might be the other term. Might be another. I watched, you know, being a fire fan and being somebody who, around that who watched that team 
from its infancy, they were a superpower right away, and they were great for a lot of years. But at the end, you could see, eh, maybe not so sure. Because, I mean, Bridgeview was really him. He was the one that kind of put that Bridgeview deal together, if you want to go down there. He's the one that's, he was the man in charge of the Red Stars, which they had a nice start, but they were in Bridgeview, and then eventually they wound up moving out to uh, Benedictine University and Lyle and playing there for a few years before they came back to bridge for these last few years. So Indy 11, again, he got him going, got him going, got him going. And then they seemed to stall out. So for, I agree. I thought for Madison was perfect. Like I said, he's a Milwaukee guy. He's, he's a Wisconsin guy. Madison's perfect for him. But I, like I said, I think, I think if you're the league, you look at this, this opportunity and that's where it fit where for fit for him. But then, and I'm not even going to go into his, efforts with NISA or the Chicago NASL run that I know, I know a bit about that one. And we're just going to say he's, yeah, some things don't help, you know, and I, and he was also kind of the one that was behind trying to get Milwaukee and MLS side for years. And he just ran into a whole lot of politics there. I mean, but his efforts were there as well. So I don't always agree with Peter Wilt and those who know me know, I don't always agree with him. And I don't like agree with this pro rel plan. I don't agree with a lot of that stuff. But for soccer in the Midwest and making it relevant throughout everywhere he's gone, like I said, the Milwaukee Wave, the Minnesota Thunder, the Chicago Fire, Indy 11, Matt Ford Madison, Chicago Red Stars. You know, I got to give the man his due. He's he's definitely been a positive. And I, I, I hope that if they let him do what he's good at now at this point in his, his soccer career, the USL is going to be a much better place for it. Yeah, I can agree there. So, all right. So, what do you? I mean, soccer-wise, what are you watching these days? I, I obviously, I know you're you're busy being being a being a journalist, which is is pretty damn cool to see. You know, I I know, like I said, you're a beat writer for for the Pistons now. And what else do you do? I know that's your big thing. What else you got going with these days? Um, that's really it. When I'm not writing, I work at a legal office. Um, doing being basically a glorified secretary. Um, so I, that's really it. Um, the Pistons thing is kind of new, not really new to me. I've covered basketball before, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And I'm, I guess in a way, I don't want to say a, a, a step up because covering soccer in Michigan has like been, I don't want to say a dream of mine because I never, it would be a weird dream, but it's been something that I've been like proud to say that I can do. But uh, covering the Pistons is a lot more stable. Um, I know where the games will be. I know that there will be lights at the place I'm going to. I know that there will be stats given to me when I need something done. I know that I can reach a coach if I need to talk to them or a player if I need to talk to them and easily have it like ironed out to where I'm not having to chase people around. So having that to do that is fun. The only difference is now is uh, going from working in like a – old high school field or like an old, you know, whatever field working in a big ass stadium that I have to run down flights of stairs to get to the media room for. Uh, it's a bit different. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happy to do it because obviously someone's trusting me enough to, to think I am big enough to handle something like that. So, but have, but having looked at your, the work that you've done through the years and, you know, you, you said you'd never, you never would have said covering, being a journalist of, for Michigan soccer was a dream of yours, but yet you were one of the voices of Michigan soccer. You're the one that keeps Michigan soccer 
on everybody's radar because again as we talked about earlier we're talking about social media you're really good at it and between you and then you know obviously john as well you know when he's around you guys are the voices of michigan soccer for the soccer the soccer twitter community which which ultimately does reach a larger audience you know friends of friends and friends of friends I, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm pretty sure Detroit City would have been do just fine on their own, but it's great to have you guys' voice, you know, your voice out there as well, and and covering them, and then like you know, even down the line, Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know, the Michigan Bucks, Lansing, you know, the building of Lansing. I know it wasn't a positive thing, but you were still, hey, this is Michigan soccer. Let's see this go. The Michigan Stars. I mean, you guys, you guys have been a, you and and you know, like I said, John, when he's around, you guys are the voices of Michigan soccer, as from what I can tell, and it may not be a dream. But it's an we essential function. It's an essential. It's an essential function. We appreciate that thought, but like I am ninety-five percent certain it's really just you who shares that opinion. So uh, you know what? You know what? But it's my show, so I can do what I want. Fair <laughs> enough. So I, I gotta. Say, I mean, I would know next to nothing about Michigan soccer if it weren't for you guys, other than that they're out there. Yeah, like I said, I probably would have found Detroit City because they would make sure of it. But the rest of it. Sorry, I'm 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 a better soccer fan for it, so we do appreciate that. So, soccer wise, what again, kind of to bring it full circle, soccer wise, what are you watching these days? Um, so I this is gonna sound horrible, but it's 100% honest truth. I I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm kind of burnt out in soccer. Um, okay. Not that I don't enjoy watching it, but seeing as I spend most of my summer watching soccer that like I'm paid to watch, um. I kind of take some of the fall to, like, not watch as much soccer. So, like, maybe I'll watch some Premier League games if they're on. Maybe I'll watch some Bundesliga. I'll watch the Champions League if I can. Like, it's mm-hmm. – yeah, but, like, I – only soccer I'm really watching are my own my own league games. If I'm not playing in a game, then t- more often than not, I might not be – my game might be on, might not be paying attention. Like, I'll see the ball being kicked back and back and forth, but I don't really know the teams. I don't really know, et cetera. Um I kind of get stuck in that mode until like the end of fall, beginning of winter, okay. just because I I've had I've learned having to cover the sport. Um, if you watch too much of it, you'll start to hate it. And like I don't, I used to love American football. I used to play American football. Like I used to love it so much. Um, but I started watching more and more of it near the, in my high school years as I was trying to pick up stuff to like to play with, and I began to hate it more and more it began to not be fun because it felt like work and like while i know covering soccer is technically my job so it is work i still enjoy it to the point to where like i want to do it but like i don't want to get to the point where i watch it and like i went and watched my brother play uh in his his last high school game uh ever i watched him this past weekend um and even watching him i was trying to be like a supportive brother but i was also critiquing stuff that was happening like when he was on the sideline next to me uh on a play because he's a forward, we we're both forwards. We both actually, we've never played soccer together at all. There's like a ten year difference between us, eleven year age difference. We play very much the same way. Um, he's does way he, more flash. He's way more flashy than I am. But like, I use does he? Does. does he have? Does he have ability to hit PKs unlike you? Uh, I actually have become a very proficient penalty kicker. I take hit my last six. <laughs> like I've 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 become like I've shaken on my jitters there now. Like I'm actually great at PKs. Um. But that was an awesome. That was an awesome summer when you struggled. I I kept yeah. I kept on you the whole time and I I missed like 
Well, I wasn't. A, I'm not a penalty kick taker. People don't know this about me as a forward. Not to get to be more on me, but like I'm the type of forward I am is like I'm a wing forward. I I I need to get back into shape. But like I'm someone who goes there to like make passes into the middle, maybe take a few runs into the middle. But like I'm there to like distract from the middle. I'm not the one who's like going to set up in the box and take shots. But because of the league I play in, leagues I play in, they move me to the middle. So, like, I'm not a ball striker. I'm someone who gets the ball, gives it to you, makes a run. And, like, as I'm making a run, you go the other way. I'm taking people away from you. But, like, people are like, oh, you're forward, take a kick. And I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't I don't want to take this because I'm going to miss it. And, like, that's, like, the wrong mindset to have when you take penalty kicks. But, like, back to the point I was making before, I watched my brother play. And, like, I was trying to be supportive. And, like, you're like, hey, you know, don't worry about it. But he was next to me one time, and, I, like, he was going to make a run, and he didn't end up making the run towards the ball, and, like, the ball went out of bounds, and he was frustrated. I was, and I said, I'm like, dude, you got to, like, you got to cut back in. Like, you got to go to the ball. And, like, I felt like a jerk because I'm like, I'm supposed to be here to enjoy him. But also, I learned this just watching this one game, watching my brother play, and I'm glad it's only the only game I have to watch. A lot of these parents don't know what they're talking about at all. Um, one of the kids there literally stepped on an opponent's ankle, very hard on purpose, and his father was upset that he got a yellow card. And I'm like, you should be upset he almost didn't get a red. He almost broke the kid's foot. He's like, whose team are you on? And I'm like, yours. That's why I'm telling you to tell your kid to stop stepping on people. It's going to hurt the team. You know, and it's it's funny you mentioned that because um, just while you were playing your game tonight uh, with the Toronto and New York City playoff game, which tonight from a soccer perspective has been actually – pretty damn amazing and the fact you had usl knockout games you had the first you know the next round of the mls playoffs so you had a whole ton of soccer on tonight that i forgot was even and even tomorrow night you've got some some good stuff and um so i had made a mention um in the night it was the 88th 89th minute uh and i can't remember the defender's name and i'm going to get butchered for this later made a horrific Tackle from behind, giving Toronto a, a PK in about the 90th minute. Toronto scores, they go on to win. And and then some dude says on Twitter, he says, dude hates himself right about now. Hard. And I said, and I'm like, he should. So somebody, and so another dude replies back, and I'm not going to put names on this. And if anybody follows me on Twitter, they'll find this. He says, damn, is that what you tell your three children? And my answer is, and, and I didn't comment on Twitter because we were getting ready to record. It's just, the answer is, Absolutely. And I can tell a story that goes right along with it because you're talking about your brother's game. I'll talk about my son's game. My son was playing it, and I and I might have even mentioned this in one of the previous versions. My son was playing a game, and the other team had one kid who was a decent enough player. This is now we're talking U nine, so we're talking second and third graders. But the dude when he wasn't play on the ball became a goon. I mean, he'd grab at your shirt, he'd pull at you, he'd throw you down to the ground, and my boy decided he had had enough. And my boy decided he'd come sliding in from behind and try and take this kid out. He missed. The kid went down like a ton of bricks anyway because the kid was flopping and, and wailing around. He, I don't think he even got hit. But the point being is my son made a similar tackle. Like the, the tackle that was made was from behind. It wasn't close to the ball. It's one of those that's like, it was a bad enough where I'm, I'm like, I thought he was bringing yellow, if not red, into play instead of just a PK on the, you know, because the foul was on the end line. It wasn't a true goal scoring opportunity, so he couldn't bring that. But I'm like, this was just a really bad foul all the way around. 
which is pretty much what my son did. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. After the game, it wasn't, it wasn't not only me, it was his mom decided we don't play that way. We don't make slide tackles from behind period. And that, and that was kind of my point was he should feel bad. He hurt his team because he made, and go back and watch the challenge. The challenge is awful. He had no chance of getting the ball. He's sliding in from behind at a player who's going towards the you know end line turning towards goal. Like I said, it, it's lucky he, he didn't get more of them where it's yellow or red, but it's like he should feel bad for that. You don't make that tackle. You're beaten. You find another way. I'll make I'll make one extra point to add to make a personal point to that before, sure. I, before I beat this point to death. When I played high school football, I was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I played, I wouldn't say I was a hothead, but like I was very passionate at times. Sure. I got under people's skin because I would get annoyed at people. I'd call them out. There was a, I remember there was one time there was a play after an interception and I was just livid with myself because it was a bad throw. Mm-hmm. And like I went and I drilled some kid like as a ref was about to blow his whistle. It was very much, it was legal, but it was very dirty. Sure. Because uh, I was just mad that I, so like after the game, like we 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 won the game still, but like it was still whatever. I was still frustrated. My father pulled me aside and like I thought he was gonna talk about you know resilience, and he just harped on that one play. He's like, you could have seriously hurt someone, and they could have retaliated. That's like not what you do. And I'm like, well, you know, I was just mad, and he's like, it doesn't really matter if you're mad. Like you're not helping your. What if they threw you out of the game? Your backup wouldn't be ready to go into the game. What happens then? I'm like, well, they have to figure it out. He's like, right. If they lose because you're not in the game, like you don't get to play next week either. What happens then? Like you're not helping anyone. And, like, while I was mad that he was getting at me about that after we just won, like, I understood, like, hey, sometimes it's bigger than yourself. Like, sometimes, like, I get it. You're frustrated. You want to do something to help. You think it's going to be extra. It's not. And I kind of carried that with me going forward. Like, even in sport, I have to, like, calm down sometimes when I'm playing myself. But, like, I, I get mad enough to where it's, like, I don't need to do something that's, like, if I feel I'm going to do something that's going to be reckless like this, I need to come off the field. And I know, like if there's a coach involved, like, you kind of, not really up to you to come off the field, but, like, I feel like you should do something like, I need to get away from this moment right now. Because I'm going to do something that's going to be stupid, it's not going to help. And, like, a slide from behind in the box, I get you're trying to, like, I get you're trying to give yourself a chance to, like, maybe hit the ball, maybe do something, maybe hopefully they don't call it. But, like, in that situation, all you're doing is making it harder on your goalie. Because at least if they get a shot off when you, before you hack them down, there's, like, a 30% chance they'll score. If you make it where it's a PK, it's like a 90% chance they're going to score. Like, you've made it very much harder on your goalie. And if your goalie makes a save then, even if he makes a save, I'm still, I'm still, I'd still punch you in the face. I'd walk well, up to you and be, like, and be like, don't talk to me ever again. Like, you literally you literally made this harder for me than it needs to be. Um, so the fact that the, the guy scored, like, they're like, I know he feels bad. I'm like, he should feel bad. Like, you didn't help. It's one thing if you're like, if the guy's in front of you, like, I didn't see the tackle. I'm going for your descriptor. One of the guys in front of you, and you make it slide, and, like, you happen to miss. But to get him from behind means, like, I know there's not a big chance I'm going to do something here. But, like, I can't let you run full on towards the net. That's All a right. problem. And, and, go, and go ahead and take a look. I, did, I just did send it to you via Twitter. So, um, it's Ronaldo Matarita. And I, apparently, after the game, he, was, he apologized to the fans in the parking lot. And he felt awful. Like, every time they put the camera on him, he had his shirt over his face. He was, he was clearly well, distraught. stupid. I don't care if he's distraught. I'm cutting him. I just saw I'm cutting him. You just saw the tackle. Like I said, I, I looked at it. I'm like, there is nothing there. He wasn't getting the ball there. I, I didn't no, know. He, he could have broken this dude's foot. 
like going the way he went with a scissor. <laughs> if you scissor slide from behind on someone, you're not going for the ball. You're going to say, I'm going to make sure you. He looks like he's trying to follow him before he got free turned into the box and just like, mistimed it. Nonetheless, it's a horrible foul. And I appreciate all the work you've done for us this season, but find a new team to play for next year. I don't care how great of a player you are. If you're our star player and you do something like this, I'm suspending you. Because, like, that's reckless as heck. If you're not a star player, you're not one of our top 11 players, I'm cutting you, and we'll figure it out. Like, I can't have someone who thinks this is an okay thing to do. And that was kind of where I was bringing it back to, was in the fact that, you know, on Twitter, was that what you tell your three children? If you watch that tackle, the answer is absolutely. If if any of my children, and my son has already done it once, at U9, had a tackle like that, yeah, he had a long conversation with his mother and his father telling him, you don't do that. We don't play that way. Not I'm 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 not a parent. I, I can only go off of what I've had happen to me. When I did after that play where that where I drilled that guy like near the end of the yeah. play, I lost my video games for the week. My dad's <laughs> like, I'm gonna show you punishment. You don't get to enjoy stuff because that's you clearly don't hear me. So like we're good. And I was like, wow, okay. Clearly this is something he's trying to teach me a lesson for. Also, I want to play Madden, but I can't. So like I really need to pay attention here. And then like not that like taking that stuff away is really gonna help so much. But, like, it made me think, like, wow, this is something he really actually really means. Like, he really wants me to pay attention to this because this is important. It's a life lesson. But for this, no, I'm I, I'm sorry. If I, if a teammate of mine does this, I, oof. oh, man, they have to take the camera away yeah. from my mouth because I would say some really awful things about him. Well, and, and it was an interesting dynamic is because this kid was such a hack the entire game. The kid that my son did this to, similar type challenge to, I part of me wanted to be proud of him except the way his mother reacted my and his mom charlie's mom my wife i mean she's didn't play soccer her entire life her knowledge of soccer is watching her him and watching me watch soccer and going to fire games going to red star games and so on and so forth don't mess with her she knows the dirty challenge when she saw it and she saw it and there like i said there were conversations to be had now you did make me feel old fletcher and i gotta i got i do have to go back to this is your dad took away Madden from you, man, yeah. man. No, I, it, <laughs> my, when we get in trouble as a kid and see, and this is how I'm going to date myself here. My mom would take away video games and it was either the Nintendo or probably even before that, the Atari 2600. Well, and my mom doesn't listen to any, any of this. And thankfully she doesn't because I'm going to praise my mom and it's for her parenting skills because, and it's going to be the evilness of my mother is my mother would leave the video game system. She'd leave all the games. She'd leave the, controller she would take the power cord that connected to the back of the unit to the wall she'd take that and walk away with it and let us stare at the damn thing the entire time See, my, was my, my, my dad couldn't do that because i'm gonna say it's gonna, make me, it's gonna make me sound very very privileged and i don't mean to um i got nintendo 64 sure when i was uh for my for one, for one christmas mm-hmm. and because my grandma and my dad did not communicate very well um my dad bought me one my grandma also bought me one so i had two so whenever they took anything away, I just took the cord from the other one and plugged it in. Yeah, see, if I if I had done that with my mom, my mom would have figured it out and taken the second one away too. So that was the evilness of my mother is she would let us stare at the system but have the power cord. And eventually we did figure that out because even with the, 26, the Atari 2600, my older brother figured it out and had a second power cord at some point. But in the Nintendo, same thing. But, man, that – you know, as, as I get older and I be, as my kids get older and I become more, you know, my parenting role expands and whatever, you start to realize is you become your parents. And the evilness, quote unquote, that I consider my mother, I'm going to do it to my kids. I can tell you that much. I actually already have. I've 
I did it with um my son got himself in trouble with his with uh the Nintendo Wii. I just took the power cord and walked away. I'm like going, Man, I've become my mother <laughs> and shaking my head in shame and at the same time realizing she was hundred percent right. So it's one of those things. Um all right, we've been at this for sixty one minutes. Um so I think we're I think we're at a point good a good wrapping up point because you know trying to keep these closer to an hour than an hour and a half like our first show without with John so let's get some final thoughts too where where are you at what do you what do you recommend what do you got going on in these worlds that you, you think everybody needs to know about um nothing I'm not I'm not interesting I don't really know I can't you know I now now that the summer soccer season's over I I would normally say watch the MPSL watch usl league Two. watch your local league if you can like there's some really great players there mm-hmm. but like oh that season's over and like college soccer is like back in full force sure i, I mean i don't i don't know i mean and and there's a, and there's a lot of really good college soccer if you go to and and i'll be the first one i'm a shill for espn plus because i think from a soccer perspective if you don't can't get Money's worth any ESPN plus from soccer, from soccer, then there's something wrong. That's not even counting the fact that they have like a lot of a boxing archive. They have the UFC archive. They have so, all sorts of cool shows, but college soccer, they have a ton of it on. And it's not, I get it. It's not the top teams like North Carolina all the time and Stanford and so on and so forth. It might be schools like IUPUI, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, you know, Southern Illinois. It's still soccer, and, and still, if if you're look if you love soccer, and if you're listening to this pod, you probably do. It's fun to watch. It it's interesting to see the whole thing, the whole production costs. It some of them are not much better than what you'd see on cable access, but there's others that are pretty darn good too. And that's the production, and then you get to the game itself, and the game itself is usually they're pretty solid. So. If you're looking for soccer, if nothing else, you mentioned college soccer. Go to ESPN Plus. You if Almost every day you're going to find a game or two. And then this becomes my favorite time of year because, you're, like I said, you're getting into the knockout games of the MLS playoffs, USL, USL championship playoffs. Germany, you know, you're, you're getting back into the club scene after the international break for the Bundesliga, the, the Premier League, and so on and so forth. And then way down the chain to where my, Guern, you know, to watch Guernsey, Syria. A lot of soccer to be watching right now. NWSL, that's right. And then the NWSL finals this weekend. I probably should have mentioned that more, considering that I'm a Red Star season ticket holder next year after getting rid of my fire season tickets. But it didn't seem like that was one of those that was going to fall in tonight. And there's going to be more than enough coverage between now and then everywhere else. So I appreciate the time, Fletcher. I mean, it's it's. I always love, enjoy talking to you, enjoy doing these. And you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want. And when you get ramped back up in soccer and... Or on the Pistons, if you ever just want to do a show and chat about the Pistons, we probably do one of those too. Believe it or not, it's kind of one of those things. It's your show; you can get away with whatever you want. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate anyone thinking that I have an opinion that matters on something. So that's you oh, know, Fletch. You've been at this long enough, and if anybody looking for, to find Fletcher on Twitter, he's at Saint DFW or FDW. I keep thinking DFW like Dallas, but it's not. And I'm at TJ Zarimba or Mini Van Dad Pod and. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do this again next week.